Hey, hey guys, it's your girl Maya K back with episode two of the Girl Files podcast. I'm super excited about some of the feedback with episode one, um, but I know that the episode was very heavy. What's in your bloodline? I've been talking about bloodlines and generational trauma and curses for some time now. I pray that um, the episode blessed you. And as always, anything that I decide to explore or God lays on my heart to explore, it's always going to be a file that I pull from my own past and a file that I pull from my own healing so that we can still come together in a way that I know um, as sisters, especially with my babies out there, the young teen girls, that they can begin to heal sooner rather than later. Um, with episode two, I'm super excited. This is the Heartbreak Hotel episode. And we're going to be addressing, yeah, I'm going to be pulling out a file that I think a lot of us uh, have experienced this type of pain and hurt time and time again. But I'm going to hit it from another angle. Because I think it's important that we begin to identify how we often are the culprit in our own pain, how we often subject ourselves to things that we know um, are not good for us. And I think as ladies, um, as girls, we tend to put that pain off on someone else and blame them for it. But... The older I get, and as I look back over a lot of things that I've been through, especially as it pertains to heartbreak and rejection, which is definitely the two topics that I want to land on today, I can be honest and say that I know that I made a better choice that I would not have experienced heartbreak. Nonetheless, this is a love letter to my soul, and I always kick it off creatively, creatively, Sorry, so let's get it popping. Love letter to my soul. I decided to write a love letter to my soul, thinking nobody would know. But then I put the pen to the letter and realized I'd feel better if I explored this feeling with my sisters. If I could encourage others, help someone to feel something new, discover an internal strength, one worth the pursuit, then here I present this love letter to you. Dear soul, I love you so. At times, I've depleted so much from you, allowing myself to not see the truth. I felt ugly and used, yet my own hand was the cause of the abuse. I tried to blame those around me. I felt ashamed. Not once did I take ownership of what was mine to claim. I didn't know I could love myself better than he could. I didn't know I could look in the mirror and see beauty beyond my looks. I thought I I thought it was worth it to give myself to him, yet not once did I consider the pain of my sin. I thought I could not forgive and still smile, yet I was angry and they had moved on living life worthwhile. I wanted to convince myself that being thick with curves was the way to go, but later realized that even in this size, I'm more woman than you'll ever know. I was stuck with myself, selfish at times, allowing my soul to be undermined. Ready to slip my wrist just because I had been dissed. How could I try to punish my soul like this? Why should I feel bad? Because you can't see my class. You figured the girl that let you smash was going to be the one that would last. Then you took a trip to the clinic and you realized she'd be your last. Rejection, it sometimes does mean protection. Yet what frightened me was the amount of no's I received. I felt like I had earned the disease. The disease that says I ain't worth a darn thing. 
that I realized my worth was more than a man. Now, so I'm not saying being loved isn't beautiful, but how many times have I looked for love in a cubicle? A cubicle, a compartment of space, that portion of something. Yeah, God says I can have so much more and yet I settle for nothing. So dear soul, before I go, I need you to know that I vow to grow. Never let my pain outweigh my gains. Never let my heart get caught up in the dark. When I fall because something got in my way, I promise to jump up and try again the same day. I refuse to be abused by the pressure of my own muse. I vow to claim every promise that's mine in Jesus' name. So if what you see isn't something you enjoy, then allow your soul to employ every opportunity it needs to break free from negativity. Yeah, so um, definitely wrote that years ago. And that's why I think it's so important to identify the way that you feel when you are going through different things in life, because there's obviously... If you go back and really listen to that poem several times, you hear that I've recognized that there was something off in the way that I was pursuing love or the way that I was trying to have others love me, and especially when it came to dating. So for my teen babies out there, um, I'm going to touch on this point a little bit later, but I just believe that if you recognize things early on in life, then you have a better chance of making sure that you address things at an earlier stage in life. There's no such thing as being too young. But as I explore um, heartbreak and rejection today, I definitely want to share, you know, my story and my heart. Um, One of my first experiences with rejection was from my father. What God later had me realize was that every time I experienced rejection, whether it was from a male or female, it could have been just from a circle of friends that I wanted to get to know or my social setting, um, especially going to an all-girl high school in Philadelphia, and then obviously dating. Um, I'm not even going to call it courting, and I think today they have a term for it called a situationship a text ship texting ship whatever they want to call it um when you look back you know you're able to identify what it was but um every time someone rejected me that same empty feeling that I felt when my father rejected me would come back up and of course later you're able to identify and put a name to something or you're able to understand what that looks like or what that trauma felt like or what that pain felt like But I literally had a breakthrough last year when God revealed to me how important it was for me to truly deal with the rejection I had experienced from childhood. And what I think a lot of our girls go through as I think about um, the many teen young ladies who will be listening in and their mothers who will be listening in and women who will be listening in, for my young college girls that are listening in, um, whatever age you are, rejection and heartbreak is a part of life. It's a huge part of our lives. 
I just feel like there is a place that God wants us to get to where we don't allow it to sabotage our our minds and allow us where it doesn't put us in a place of restriction, um, restricting our hearts to want to love again or restricting our um, our lives really and becoming cold and bitter. So for me, I had forgiven my father. Um, I didn't hold any malice. I wasn't really even thinking about the past. I'm not saying it never came across my mind, but I wasn't submerged in it. But there was something still holding me back and I couldn't figure out for the life of me what I was, what it was. I'm sorry, what it was. And then when God laid it out and dropped literally the term spirit of rejection in my spirit, I was like, that makes sense. And what I think really is happening when I hear families and different people talk and tell me their backgrounds and just having lived life and had friends and and family members that talk to me about the things that they've experienced there can definitely be a spirit of rejection hovering over your bloodline there's that bloodline again and so I think what happens is sometimes we can acknowledge that something happened and we can even forgive someone that hurt us but we never really deal with the gunk that's left behind from that experience. So for me, once I really got a hold of the revelation of forgiveness, not that it is a easy process because you still have to walk it out, but I believe my underlying heartbreak just was every time something happened that was bad where I felt rejected, especially in the area of love and especially in the area of you know, trying to build something with uh, a male, it definitely was like a ton of bricks that would hit my heart and I would literally take it so hard. And I mean, we're talking even at this stage of just talking, even at the stage of just getting to know someone and when they would decide to exit my life, I found myself feeling super, super defeated. And from teenage years to young adult years and then in adult years obviously I was able to take it better but it was turned into bitterness it wasn't like okay maybe I didn't cry or maybe I didn't feel and I'm honest of course about stuff like this because I just believe again if we want to set people free and if we gonna walk through our freedom then we need to be completely honest so even the times where I felt like dying because of their rejection and suicidal thoughts popping up and for people who try to make young girls feel bad about that like oh you don't know love you too young to love and you know so forth and so on as women we were actually created to love like that we're nurturers at heart like it doesn't matter how old you are now yes I don't believe young ladies should carry that burden and should put so much into um, someone that they're dating that they feel like that and I even think that you should be um, you should wait to date and I say that obviously having experienced uh, my mother didn't want me to date until I was 16 that was the age she gave me but then even then I really don't, when I look back, I know I wasn't really ready because I had never dealt with that underlying rejection from my father. And I know for a lot of my ladies out there, that was your narrative. The household just had your mother, maybe even your grandmother. And so when you don't have that male presence, you don't know what it looks like, especially if you haven't really fully developed your relationship with Christ yet. 
And as a teenager, while I got saved at nine, I didn't really understand what I had in my relationship with Christ. And so a lot of women, I think, don't understand. Even now, you could be 40 and 50 and hear this. I don't think you really understand that if you have not yet dealt with that daddy absence, you will always take rejection as something that is toward you. You will always bottle that up and you will always walk through life feeling like there's a spirit of rejection over your life. And honestly, I believe that the enemy enjoys that because if he can get you to run to the arms of a man whenever you're hurt and keep compounding that hurt with more hurt, then he's going to do it. He's not going to let up. So he'll keep sending you devil after devil after devil to entertain, even when you are strong in your faith, because he knows that that's an area for you that's that's a void. He knows that you're trying to feel it even if you don't recognize that's what you're trying to do and I know for me I was addicted to attention from men and I think it's important to explore this from this angle and not always say he did this to me this man broke my heart this boy broke my heart this man let me down the emphasis on him really shows in and of itself that a lot of the rejection that may have been dealt with in your life as a young lady as a little girl as a young lady as a young woman that you have yet to deal with um there's never going to be a moment even when i look on instagram and social media and you see women who are bashing men um yeah like there's never going to be a moment where you look in those situations if you know them personally i'm not talking about people who just post but if you know them personally or even if they they put the whole narrative up on social media you have people who do put their whole narrative up right you can read into that situation and you can read something from a woman or from a girl it could be a young lady a little girl whatever more so a teenager rather um because i'm gonna need little girls not to be on instagram talking about boys breaking their heart okay if you ate i'm gonna need you to go and skate okay i had to rhyme if you ate i'm gonna need you to go outside and skate um but just thinking about that perspective there's never going to be a time you see a narrative like that and you can't hear the bitterness and the brokenness in something especially for women who wear their hearts on their sleeves and put a lot of their heartbreak and pain out there um, on social media so for me I was honestly addicted to attention from men thank god social media wasn't around um excuse my voice y'all it's been a rough week but I'm, I'm going in um <clears throat> thank god social media wasn't around when I experienced the heavier parts um of my heartbreak but definitely Facebook when I was at Temple that was like the introduction to Facebook world um but I brought most of my heartache on myself I, I literally had guys that would say to me word for word no lie you can do better than me one of them being um one of my exes who I was with for a long period of time um he told me on more than one occasion that I could do better than him um yeah and some people might be like yeah well why he ain't man up and just be like all right let me let shorty go and be great well I mean naturally goes back to 
I think I discussed this in the first episode with the bloodline. Well, yeah, dysfunction attracts dysfunction. <laughs> so, you know, he got demons, I got demons, and my our demons want to play together. Like, I don't understand why that's hard for us, to, you know, to get these days. But that's generally what happens. You can have two people know that they're horrible for each other. But because their inner brokenness is attracted to one another, that's what they run with. Um, if you don't know a space of wholeness yet, then there's no way for you to really identify what that looks like. Um, But I still found myself trying to convince. And I'm not saying it was every guy that would say that because some guys, in my opinion, get a kick out of knowing they can get a girl who, and I'm I'm saying this from the reality perspective of growing up in North Philly and heading off the temple in the mornings. And, you know, some dudes get a kick. The mindset is, man, if I could get her, man, I got it. If I could tear this shorty down right here, she got a head on straight. She go to school every day. She got a car. I'm going to drive a car around the neighborhood. I ain't going to work. But I'm, I'm if I could get shorty to do what I need her to do, man, I, I, I'm, I'm winning. And there are some men out there with that mindset. But again, I don't need for you to adjust your mindset. I do. But my job here is to let you ladies know that we actually hold the power to decide what we'll accept. And we can control some of the heartbreak that we have experienced. And even going forward, you can control that when you understand the root of why you might deal with certain type of men or the root of why you attract a certain type of guy. And again, I'm exploring the daddy part so much because I know that that is a huge, huge cycle in our community, um, in the black community. It's a huge repetitive cycle of empty homes with fathers who are not there. And I even shared that in um, Bloodline Beats, the first poem I read for the first episode. And when I think about the spirit of rejection that's hovering over some of our bloodlines, I think instead of getting to the root cause of it and slaying that spirit, we end up cleaving to and we end up in cycles of relationships, both friendships and intimate relationships that always end up in rejection and destruction. Because what happens is you're attracting something to you. And if you're not dealing with those broken pieces, you're looking to fill voids. Um, I did the same thing in my social setting. I had no idea. Um, First of all, I'm the bomb. Let me just say that I am great. (laughs) Okay. And so, yeah, even in my days of the lowest point of self-esteem I was like I don't understand why these people don't recognize my greatness and I had to say that because I believe that God was always trying to help me see the spirit of boldness that was hiding behind that spirit of rejection and if you can step into that confidence trusting me to bring you the relationships and the friendships you desire then I can really really heal your heart and show you what it should look like but for me I was so busy chasing after people and again I'm talking friendships as well you know trying to hang out with girls that I thought um I was supposed to hang with and I wasn't really one that so much went for the popular girls at girls high or just in a social setting period it was just like I think she can add value to my life don't even ask me why I even looked at someone and would be able to tell that and I think it was because I was so broken I did not yet love myself and I did not know how to value what I had so I'm looking for other people to kind of give me that give me that boost of confidence give me that boost and that value that I needed and you can't find that outside of yourself 
Um, and I think for young ladies and for even my grown women listening in, because I tell you, the girl files is for everybody. You have to know, and you I'm sure if you look back on a time where you experienced some heartbreak from someone of the opposite sex, I am pretty sure you can look back and say on more than one occasion, I definitely knew by the first week that this wasn't even worth it. This wasn't even worth pursuing a friendship. This wasn't even worth pursuing any type of connection because I knew from the first phone conversation or the first date or the first time I hung with those girls and we hung out and I heard their conversation and my mindset is so different. I don't even know why I continue to pursue. I know you can look back and see the amount of times that you could have made a different choice and it would have helped you and it would have made you see your value and your strength um eventually it got to the place I'm gonna tell you guys where God just placed a hedge of protection around me and I didn't fully understand it um I would say around age 25 that's when it clicked that is when it clicked and I was just like God what is going on I mean I'm talking he had me in seasons of seclusion not isolation. I used to call him isolation because I didn't have context, but he would have me in seasons of seclusion where it would be just me and him. And season after season, he would tear back those layers like onions. And I hate onions, but I'm going to use this analogy. Um, he would tear back those layers, tear back those layers like peeling the onion. And I mean, it probably is the greatest analogy to use because when you do peel onions it makes you cry and that is exactly what was happening in my life at first of course I fought it I didn't like the fact that um rejection had plagued my life so heavily and then I look back and I'm like okay God was peeling back these layers so he could continue to work on me and show me more of who I was and here's the crazy thing I was running from that girl so much I did not want to step into the arena of freedom of real freedom and that is so crazy to hear this is why I said on the last episode some people don't want to be free I mean you got Harriet Tubman went to go free a whole lot of brothers and sisters and some of them did not go and it's it's because if it's all you know and that's that's all you're aware of and that's how you've lived your life and for you you think this is the way it's supposed to be some people don't even want to be free and I can be honest and say that once I realized that my freedom was going to cost me some fight and some sweat blood sweat and tears I was kind of scared and I ran from it for a little bit but it was more important for me to get healed and as God continued to peel back those layers over the years um now looking back almost 11 years later when I really had that that wake up moment at 25 almost 11 years later here it is I'm like thank God <laughs> you know that he kept me in that space season after season to make sure that I would get it like yo shorty I need you to sit down and understand that I see you beyond this point point. and that is what God is saying to a lot of you he sees you beyond this point 
point. You are so consumed with trying to prove a point to some brother who ain't even thinking about you no more. And if he is, it ain't in a way you want him thinking about you. And you're trying to get him to see you. You're trying to get him to understand you. You're trying to get him to um, connect with you. He ain't supposed to connect with you. You haven't even connected with you. And that's why that love letter to my soul when I wrote it so many years ago was so important because I kept saying, hey, my hand is the cause of this abuse. I can't keep saying he did this and he did that. Now, rightfully, it was my father's role to step in as a man and do his part. The father is the first boyfriend. The father sets the tone for how his his daughter will be treated. Absolutely. Hands down. Facts. He sets the tone for the way that his daughter will be treated. He sets the tone for what she will perceive as being this is what a man should do in my life this is how he should treat me this is how he should talk to me this is how he should hold doors for me this is how he should counsel me if he's angry at me he shouldn't be raising his hand at me and that is the standard if he's angry he should be able to talk to me respectfully he should be able to sit down because when my dad is angry at me he might get a little furrow in his eyebrows he might kind of raise his voice just a little because it's passion but he's sitting me down across the table where he's taking me out to eat and we having a conversation he ain't putting a black eye on me do you understand what i'm saying like your father absolutely is that first standard but at some point you gotta let that go if he chose not to step in because one thing god did give me was my stepdad and while him and my mom never married, this man has been a part of my life since I was eight. And I say that just saying, God does send you help and angels along the way. Not so you can fill that emptiness or that void with another person, but he definitely sends us help. But I think so many of us just have not dealt with that root cause of where our rejection comes from. And again, that may not be everybody who's listening to narrative, but I bet you you can look back and you can identify something that was missing. And you are struggling with that. And you're like, whether it was your dad, whether it was your mom, whether it was, you know, you thought you and your brother would be best friends and that relationship was fractured, whatever it is, you got to go back and identify the root of what that spirit of rejection is revealing to you, where it came from. Because again, you can forgive and you can identify, but you may still be carrying around the pain and the baggage and the heartbreak from those experiences. So one of the key things that I learned, and this is so profound, and I want you to write this down because while I just was able to put it in words this year, this is something that God was showing me for years. And that is you cannot build a relationship from the broken pieces of the one you have with your dad you should however build a relationship from the wholeness of the one you have with your father and I'm gonna say it again and I'm actually want to say it the way that I wrote it don't build a relationship from the broken pieces of the one you have with your dad build a relationship from the wholeness of the one you have with your father and obviously, what I'm saying is, well, that's exactly what I was doing. That's exactly what many of us are doing and what many of us have done. We are sitting here trying to build a relationship from broken pieces of the one we had with our daddy because we haven't gone through our daddy issues. And we're building on that and expecting for there to be some 
profound relationship and I'm not saying there won't be issues but I'm talking about you're expecting for there to be a beauty in this relationship but you have not dealt with that brokenness but if you build a relationship from the wholeness of the one you have with your heavenly father because that's the father that I'm speaking of then any relationship in your life that's built on that foundation will succeed as long as God assigned that relationship to you because you can even be in a a relationship that seems blessed but God didn't send that person and again I'm talking about friendships as well when I think about the times where I would not hear from a certain girlfriend anymore like a homie or whatever I would be so devastated because I'm like God what is going on like why am I experiencing this even with female friends and like now when I look back Cause I'm about to drop some more gems on y'all. When I look back, God was like, you don't even know what I was saving you from. She couldn't even handle all of who you are because I didn't need her to handle all of who you are. Because had you continued to stay connected to that, you would not have even been able to identify all of who you are. You can be clouded. When they say birds of a feather flock together, remember that saying back in the day? You can be clouded in your own judgment so much so that you began to carry on carry and wear and identify with other people's you know their thinking their ways of living um the things that they do and say you could begin to kind of pick up on that and it could rub off on you because when you're still trying to figure out who you are that's why the enemy throws things like that in your path to get you distracted from your true identity some of the things that i've learned um is that rejection is designed to strengthen our dependence on God and our faith in ourselves. I remember the first girls anthem event I did back in September. Um, Pastor Trina Davis introduced me and she did the Q&A. She basically was the moderator. And I remember her asking me a question. We were trying to get the young ladies to ask questions. And we knew they were a little nervous. So she started. She was like, okay, well, I'll ask a question. And she said, how did you, you know, come to, in so many words, I can't remember it um, verbatim, but how did you come to a place where you really like grew in God like this? Like how do you believe that happened for you what made you pursue um more of God and how did you become this woman of God that you are and I was like rejection I honestly believe rejection saved my life I would be on a block in North Philly just like trying to find some type of identity Um, And I'm actually going to drop an episode on this, so I don't want to explore it too much. But just this persona, not saying that I was fake, but there was definitely a persona I was trying to live up to because I thought that would make me fit in and that would make me be more received by people. Um, Even when we ended up moving to Brickyard in Germantown years later, um, I was more in seclusion by that point like God definitely started in my teen years, but I was just fighting and rebelling against it. But I even remember like no matter what, it was almost like the true me and the real me was fighting me. It was like, nah, I'm not going to let you. No, 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 no. We're not settling for this. We, I'm not going to let you succumb to this pressure. I'm going to push you forward. And I remember God would pull me back every time I was trying to run after this, this girl 
who was broken and hold on to her and run after this persona, God would pull me back. And literally, it was like a flood of angels. I would fill them around me and I would get back on track. And then I would go back into my space of like, I don't want to do this anymore. Because again, it is hard to fight for your freedom. But when she asked me that question, I was like, honestly, I have to attribute all of who I am now back to the fact that I was rejected so it worked out for my good in a lot of ways because I had I not been rejected from some faces and from some spaces baby I don't know if I ever would have found this person that I am today so I believe that rejection is designed to definitely strengthen our dependence on God. He wants us to come to him to find out who we are, not to social media, not to, and back in those days, there was no social media. So I'll say not to some dude that say, oh, what's up, shorty? Can I have your number when you coming over? I'm not coming over because I don't know you. And I mean, the honest to God truth was I would find myself in situations working in the gallery, child, listen. I'd be walking through the gallery on my way to my job. I worked in the gallery for years and I remember like exchanging numbers with guys. And sometimes I'd be like, no, because I was like, I could feel like these little vultures, you know, because that's how I felt like they was. Y'all are some vultures. Y'all come down here and hop off the sub just to sit here and Google, um, um, not Google, but have googly eyes at girls and to be trying to get everybody number. You done asked eight girls before me. So I would be like, oh, whatever. I'll take your number. Occasionally, you know, I would flirt with the cute one or whatever and um you know take his number and I remember one time I called and listen y'all I have a great memory so I remember one time I called this guy he was cute he was he was real cute real, 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 real cute but he was like the first question out of his mouth was when you coming over and I was like huh <laughs> like what <laughs> like now listen now here here it is I was a little rebellious something um I talk about you know promiscuity and things like that so you know me I'm transparent I, I was definitely promiscuous you know but I was just like nah like I one thing I have to give myself credit for is I controlled my promiscuity I didn't allow nobody else to okay praise the lord and I'm saying that in a joking way but like when I would feel that it would be like what do you mean when I'm when am I coming over I'm not like like this is not the way this works so getting back on point um my point is even in those moments I realized like something's off here like my if you go you don't know what's going to happen you you don't know and I'm not trying to make it seem like every guy out there who is hollering at a young lady is a predator or nothing like that no nah, like I love my black kings I'm never going to put that much on them though they some of them are real foul and we'll address that on another episode but another thing that I want to because this ties into it sometimes God will allow people to reject you because they can't handle your oil and your oil is all of who you are that is the the call on your life the anointing on your life who you are I literally when I look back I'll be like man if I only knew that I was this woman today half of y'all wouldn't even got my time and I'm talking for even the sisters like you know busting it up going to the movies with your homegirl y'all wouldn't even got my time and that's not a cockiness that's like a reality check like this is what God was saying all along God needs your oil what you have in your life your anointing that thing he's trying to bloom in you and mature in you he needs your oil for a problem that this generation in this world has and you can't afford to waste that oil 
you can't afford to waste it on anybody that God did not assign to your life. You need all of that for the problem that he has created you to solve. You need all of that for the space that he is calling you to. So you can't afford to waste that oil. And God, a lot of times will allow people to reject you because they can't handle it. I had people again tell me, uh, yeah, I, you can do better than me. And I mean men in that in that regard. And I'm just like, okay, but I still want to have fun. Like, <laughs> like, what? But it's okay because being in an immature space is more room for God to grow. Like the word says, he is our strength when we're weak when we don't even know that we need him and when our weaknesses are speaking louder than our strengths god will step in and be our strength um when i do think about rejection i do want to share this one verse before i get to the part of the scripture in the closing prayer you know psalm 27 and 10 says when my mother and father forsake me then the lord will take me up and i know sometimes we hear scriptures and again it comes off very cliche-ish but i'm telling you like that's what saved me, the word of God and Christ and my relationship. Um, and I had to throw this out there just because, you know, <laughs> rejection will have you in some entanglements. Okay. <laughs> yes. Entanglements. Don't be entangled people moving on. Um, so with all of that, I wanted to give some practical steps to experience the freedom that many of us long for. And I think that that's key. Like, so many of us ladies are longing for freedom and instead of looking for freedom in others we really need to uh, identify what we need from God because that's really the only place you're going to get it from we have we serve a perfect God and even though we'll never be perfect his perfection is what covers our weaknesses it's what covers our heartbreak covers our pain it's what heals us and brings us to a place of not so much perfection but in that area that we need his touch it brings us to a place of wholeness and that way we are able to give our best selves to every relationship every partnership every situation every business every job because listen what's screwed up in one area of your life is screwed up in all areas of your life and that's something we need to also acknowledge um so we can't keep trying to find our freedom or sound freedom in others um, when you're seeking true freedom especially from rejection putting that burden on someone who themselves is bound in chains it doesn't make any sense you know if I'm locked in chains you know and my feet are bound in chains and my brother over there you know he's locked in chains his feet are bound in chains I mean we're all chained up head to toe I, he can't free me and I can't free him. You can only find freedom from someone who is free themselves. And that's Christ. That's where it has to start because you should never put that burden on another human being. Even when you come to a place of wholeness, because I just want to make this clear. Even when you come to a place of wholeness and when you meet your mate and, and they're at a place of wholeness, you still can't put anything on them. But that's another episode. So the first thing... Um, and I'm going to, again, these are some practical steps. Number one is to ask God to redeem the time you've lost and restore your childhood now. I think that we forget how much God wants to see us happy. And while he's not so much interested in our 
comfort in our comfort you know what I mean God will make you uncomfortable to heal you and uncomfortable to make you step into destiny and all of that but he's definitely not like clapping when we're heartbroken and we're sad okay so you really have to take that to God and ask him to redeem the time you've lost and restore your childhood now and for my teen babies um yeah let me let me just say this I do not believe you have to wait until you're 25 35 or 45 to experience healing if more children had access to wisdom that could set them free earlier in life we would not have so many broken adults walking around and that's on life mama that's on life okay so don't ever dismiss a message because you think like oh this for my mom this for my grandmom and them because they got issues no listen if you can cut if you can cut the devil's access off to your life at 12 do it <laughs> okay because ain't nobody got time to be going through generational trauma for the rest of their lives nah like we not that ain't the way this go so definitely even at 13 14 15 or whatever if you ask god a question he will answer it god like can you show me some of the places where the enemy has walked into my life and maybe i didn't know can you show me god like yeah, I, this is your baby girl crying out to you here. Like, I, I'm young, and I don't really know how to do this God thing. But, God, can you show me? C can you just tell me, like, is there a space that's open that the devil is trying to play with in my life? Because maybe my mom don't know. Maybe my mom don't know what a generational curse is. And maybe my grandma don't know. Or maybe they don't want to know. But I want to know. Because I ain't trying to go through this at 25. I'm not trying to go through this at 35. So, God, am I hurting because my dad isn't there? Is my dad's absence affecting me so greatly? My schoolwork is, is screwed up. I'm failing in classes and I'm failing at life. I feel like it anyway. I want to cut myself. Yeah, I, I'm going to need you to go to God. You, you don't ever let... I think the persona and the perception, and this is the Holy Spirit because this is not even in my notes. I think the persona and the perception that a lot of the church has given off for years, and I say this respectfully because I'm never down in the church. We are the church is that and this is how I felt that God is accessible to you at an older age so while I was a part of the youth groups and while I was a part of the choir and you know I took part in all the teen activities at church there's this I feel there's this this something hovering like a stigma that he's more accessible at a certain age and I don't even know where that came from I just felt like the Holy Spirit laid that on my heart to say and so I'm gonna let that marinate with many of you but that is not the case it, the moment you give your life to Christ I was nine years old April 24th 1994 the moment you give your life to Christ that is the moment you have complete access to everything every promise every um everything that God has promised us we can have in this life especially as it pertains to healing is yours immediately so I need for you to understand that you don't have to wait until you're older to start to experience healing. And honestly, if, if you get free now, just think of how many other, and you have to walk out your freedom. I'm not saying it's like, you know, that one prayer and it's done. But well, I mean, hey, look, we serve a, a mighty guy. It can be. But realistically, um, if you get free now or if you start to identify things now, there'll be so much more peace in your life. Okay, so take the time to ask God, like, 
all right i feel like i've lost some time you can be 16 you can be 19 listening to this i feel like i've lost some time god like can you start to restore my childhood now sometimes you pray a prayer that you may not fully understand what it means but guess what he knows and he knows what you need number two i'm gonna need you to write down one thing you like to achieve before this year is out i don't care what corona say okay Write down one thing you'd like to achieve before this year is out and decide who you need to be to get it done. Um, For my older ladies, listen. Write down one thing you need to achieve and then you got to figure out who you need to be to get it done. Because that's really where we separate the little girls from the women. And I'm saying that like obviously... Um. How they say, you know, separating little girls from the women. You know, men use that that whole moniker all the time. But there are little girls listening. So I'm not saying it as a diss. I'm saying it like in your maturity level. That's the little girl versus women we're talking about. Not age. We're talking about the maturity level, right? So, yeah. Who do you need to be to get done that thing that you wrote down? And then you got to start becoming that person. And I think that's the problem. We write down goals. We write down all of these things that we want to do. Yet we don't even know who we need to be to get those things done. And then we get upset when the goal is not achieved. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't write them down. Write them down. Keep the vision. Write it plain. Make it plain. The word says it. But you also need to be like, wait a minute, God. I'm asking you for this. I'm believing you for all this. But I don't even know if I'm the person I need to be to get this stuff or to get this stuff done. So start to mold me into that person so that I can walk into um, or tackle these goals and walk into this job, whatever it is you're asking him for, believing him for. So I can be the person that I need to be to have all of these things manifested in my life. But just write down one. And then when you look at who you need to be and you write that on the other side, who do I need to be to make this happen? Yeah, you, you'll realize that most of the work that needs to be done is not an external goal. It's an internal goal. Number three, I want you to start and keep a prayer journal. Um, you got to begin to put your requests before God and keep them there and invite him into those empty, hollow places. Uh, again, you cannot fill a void with a person, a place, a thing, no matter what. I don't care if you're a sound Christian and the other person is sound Christian. You still can't use someone else to fill a void. So you got to start and keep a prayer journal. Um, my prayer journal has been my lifeline for let, let the last 10, 11 years, like lifeline. Um you gotta you gotta journal out those requests you gotta keep them before god and every time god answers a prayer then i want you to write it down write the date he answered it the time he answered it how he answered it in that order like mama d would say in that order okay because you have to really be able to keep a track record of God's faithfulness especially when you're when you're starting to deal with your heartbreak and your healing and you're asking him to you know fix those areas because I promise you that he will answer um number four don't look to the world for your healing or to fill a void um I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with number three but yeah, you can't you, you can't as we can see the world is a very broken place right now okay and yeah brokenness fixing brokenness that's not that doesn't work um and number five get an accountability partner you know find a sister friend again you're never too young find a sister friend and for my 
babies on the line i'm on the line let's listen to me like i'm on the radio and y'all called in um <laughs> that was the inner dj coming out of me y'all um for my babies listening in yes that's what i'm looking for for my babies listening in you know for you it may not could it may not be someone your age that may not be the wisest choice because you do want someone who i always say a mentor or like a big sister someone who is where you'd like to be and and not so much wanting their life but just someone who is where you want to be someone who mentally intellectually and emotionally and spiritually number one is mature and sound where you want to be and that way you can connect with her and that can be your accountability partner I'm not saying that you know if you're 14 that you can't have a close sister friend that's 14 yeah you need you need people your age um, but just make sure you know again that is someone that you when you put up a mirror that you would want to look like and and well let me rephrase that when I say look I mean the more so internal not the external I don't want you to want to look like anybody but you know make sure when you hold that mirror up you know if you're friends with someone it's like do we share the same values like how how does she roll like is she gossiping is she downing every girl that walks by that you know hair ain't the best that day like and she just always being critical like you got to make sure if it is someone your age that you know it's someone that you would want to be around that you would want to be like that you know is rocking out with you the same way and I think that that in and of itself says a lot about a sister friend because your sister friend shouldn't be someone who is yeah acting like that yeah all of that um I think that's really it in a nutshell but I will say this the reason why I called this episode the heartbreak hotel is because what happens is a lot of women because of this cycle of rejection and heartbreak you are checking in so heartbreak hotel after heartbreak hotel after heartbreak hotel you've turned this heartbreak hotel into a living space you have literally gotten so comfortable there you have a long-term stay at this hotel it is no longer become one night and two nights it has become a lifestyle and you need to check out of that hotel i'm going to need you to give back the key to the gentleman at the front or the woman whoever it is that you gave your down payment to you've deposited your love into this hotel you've given love you've paid it on a credit card and you've sat there and you've given them your heart i'm gonna need you to take that back i'm gonna need you to take back your credit card i'm gonna need you to take back your love and i'm gonna need you to exit that hotel right now in the name of jesus and your girl will definitely be back with the closing scriptures the prayer and our girl file honoree for this episode Hey guys, it's your girl Maya Kay and I am back. Um, As we wrap this episode up, I definitely, as always, we have closing scripture, but I have quite a few today because I really want you to understand that it is the word of God over your life that you will speak over your life that will help your life come into alignment um, with God's will and will help you to heal. So, you know, go and drop those closing scriptures. We're going to honor our girl file honoree for this episode, um, which I'm really excited about sharing um, her story with you guys. But these scriptures all come from the Passage Translation. It's a newer translation that I really, really love um, because I think it really breaks down, especially for this episode, 
what God wants you to hear um, and the way he wants you to hear it. So let it rest on your spirit. Write it down. Take note. Speak these over your life as much as you need, especially as it pertains to heartbreak and rejection. 1 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10 says this in the passage translation. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. Psalm 46, 1 through 2. God, you're such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. You're a proven help in time of trouble. More than enough and always available whenever I need you. So we will never fear, even if every structure of support were to crumble away. We will not fear even when the earth quakes and shakes, moving mountains and casting them into the sea. Side note on that those two scriptures real quick, the Psalm 46, one through two, while that definitely speaks volumes to what we're going through in our nation and in our world right now, I just want you to take note of verse two. So we will never fear, even if every structure of support were to crumble away. It's very relevant to what we discussed today. If your father leaves you, if your mother forsakes you, God has you. And you have to remember that. And it can be hard. I'm not saying it's not. But just keep in mind, that's why having a translation of the word of God that you understand that can really speak to you and that those pieces that really hurt is so key. Matthew 5 and 8, what bliss you experience when your heart is pure, for then your eyes will open to see more and more of God. And if you remember, uh, Matthew 5 is where the Beatitudes are. So the King James Version and the New King James Version says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Psalm 34 and 18. The Lord is close, the Lord is close to all whose hearts are crushed by pain, and he is always ready to restore the repentant one. God gives you the pure heart. He cleanses your heart, and he is the one who can heal your heart. That was me, by the way, that little last part. <laughs> I don't want y'all to be like, she said this was in the scriptures, and I ain't see that part. You know, I ain't got time. Um, Psalm 55 and 22. So here's what I've learned through it all. Leave all your cares and anxieties at the feet of the Lord, and measureless grace will strengthen you. My God, just thinking about the fact that God has measureless grace for my life, Lord. Okay, so make sure you write those down. Again, in whatever translation speaks volumes to you, I always recommend keeping the King James Version alongside of another translation because you really want to identify the, the poetic vibe and the feel that the King James Version gives us. Um, so before I pray out, our girl file honoree for today is Zandra Cunningham. Um, Zandra Cunningham is a teen CEO and activist from Buffalo, New York, who owns Zandra Beauty. I met this young lady back in 2016, and I'm just really proud of her progress, and she's amazing. Um, she is 19, and she is a force to be reckoned with. Um, she has her own 
beauty line and I'm just super super proud I remember because I believe in sewing into the lives of our youth um, being at a business conference that's exactly how I met her in DC it was the fall of 2016 and she I bought a lip balm and the bar of soap and her story is amazing. It started with her dad telling her he wasn't buying her no lip balm. He was like, I ain't buying it. And so she got frustrated and started making her own. And here we have a young lady who is now a girl CEO. All right. So a 19-year-old CEO, owner of beauty products that includes lip balms, body washes and lotions, skin and hair care products, simply called Xandra. She is in over 600 targets across the nation. And I just want to point out that one of her mentors is Miss Beatrice Dixon, the CEO of Honeypot. And we remember Miss Beatrice Dixon. They was hating on her for her commercial that mentioned how she wanted to empower black girls. And so that's why I believed it was important to include Miss Beatrice Dixon um, when I talked about Xandra. Um, she received backlash for saying the reason why it's so important for the honey pot to do well is so the next black girl that comes up with a great idea can have a better opportunity. That means a lot to me. Those were her exact words from the Target commercial. And when I found out that Xandra, when I went to her website and was doing my research for this episode, that that was actually her mentor, I said that is exactly why Miss Beatrice Dixon did what she did to open the door for the next young lady who looks like her, yes, black little girl to be able to walk through that door and I just love it if you go on Zandra's website the website is zandrabeauty.com you will actually read a letter that she wrote to um, Beatrice Dixon to her mentor during that time when you know the nation was in an uproar about this Target commercial um, and it was such a beautiful letter so I just want to shout out Zandra but I want to re really read fully what was on her website Zandra is a social good company that educates and empowers girls and women across the globe via STEAM education and entrepreneurship. As a plant-based, cruelty-free, eco-friendly small business in Western New York, we are committed to sustainable practices with a priority on how gentle and sensitive skin can be. The mission is to create high-quality, fun, and fresh products that smell amazing but don't have all the unnecessary yucky stuff and chemicals. We want you to feel good about your choice. Xandra is about girls' education and empowerment. The hope is to inspire youth to take action and make things happen for themselves and their communities. As an agent of change, up to 10% of all net profits are donated to support girls' education. Xandra, we see you. We love you. We honor you. You are our Girl File honoree of today, and you are our Girl File honoree forever. I am really, really just super proud to see where she was at 16. And she started her business at 10, um, you know, meeting her back in 2016 and then seeing where she is today in over 600 targets across the nation come on somebody say won't he do it and I met her mom um such a wonderful woman I mean and she was right there with her at that business conference and I'm just looking at them now and seeing the growth so I salute both of you um and shout out to dad for saying no you see you never know your no might come from in your own household he said I ain't buying you no lip balm and she said well I'm gonna make my own <laughs> so shout out to here we go rejection because rejection will have you redirected in a in a position and in a direction that will have you blessed come on that was a word right there so thanks for spending time with your girl. As always, I appreciate you allowing me to 
be in your space and I welcome you obviously every week into mine. As we close in prayer, I pray that this episode ministers to you and blesses you tremendously. Um, Hold on to the parts that are for you and the ones that's not, it could be for your sister sitting next to you. So Heavenly Father God, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord, for every woman under the sound of my voice, every girl under the sound of my voice. And God, I know there are so many more Zandras out there. There are so many young ladies that have gifts on the inside of them and dreams and businesses. And so I just want to speak against the spirit of heartbreak and rejection today. And I want to bind it right now in the name of Jesus, because rejection and heartbreak can definitely leave you in a place of not wanting to move forward. But God, you don't want us to be traumatized by our pain to the point of immobilization. You want us to trust you with our pain. You want us to give it all to you. So I pray that every person that hears this episode in this prayer would turn their pain over to you, would give you their heartbreaks, give you their rejection, give you everything that they're feeling as it pertains to not feeling loved by others, as it pertains to feeling like everybody doesn't see them or that nobody sees them at all. I ask God that you would take that and you would heal those broken pieces of their heart, but they have to give it to you. You have to take the first step toward God and he will finish it all. He will run to you once you open that door and give him permission. So I thank you, Lord God, that they will continue to be led in their decisions by the Holy Spirit. And I always say, if you don't know Christ for yourself, if you have not prayed the prayer of salvation, then I want you to know that you can talk to God. You can ask him into your life the way that you want to do it. It doesn't have to be some structured prayer, but that's where it all starts with salvation. I ask Lord God that anyone who is not saved under the sound of my voice will begin to uh, seek your face, will begin to just pray, God, come into my life because I need you. I need you here. I believe your son died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you are the one true living God. And I just need you, Lord God, right now. And that's it. And he will enter in and he will begin to take those broken pieces and put them together into a beautiful piece of art because everything in your life, everything you're going through is all going to be used for his good. So I thank you, God, that you are completing a good work in these young women, that what you started in them, you are definitely going to complete. You have not left them, nor have you forsaken them. And I pray that they know that and that they they feel that and that they hold on to that. Father, I ask that they would link up with other like-minded sisters and other like-minded girls and other like-minded women who are on the path to healing and the path to wholeness. I thank you that they would have the strength to let go of every guy who does not belong in their lives, whether it seemed fun or it seemed just like something to do to pass time. There ain't no such thing as passing time. We ain't got time to pass these days. Time is winding up and time is moving fast. So we just come against that spirit of even trying to fill voids. I decree and speak life over those voids. And I ask God that you hold those voids right where they are until they allow you to come in and fill those spaces. God, I thank you for their minds being renewed to this Um, to your word as it pertains to this area of their lives. And I pray that you'll lead them to even more scriptures to help them be set free. I pray that they will want to be free um, because that's where it starts. So I thank you and praise you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Check out of that Heartbreak Hotel. Um, I love you guys. (laughs) I love you. I had to check out of it. So I love you guys, and I'm looking forward to, of course, the feedback. Don't forget to follow the movement at Girls Anthem Movement 
on Instagram and Facebook um, at Girls Anthem Movement. And we do have a website. I think I may have mentioned that last time, but if I didn't, it is girlsanthem.biz. So that's G-I-R-L-S-A-N-T-H-E-M dot biz girls anthem is make sure you're sharing this um again while the ministry originally was planted for teen girls it's it's becoming what god wants it to be so make sure you're sharing this with the ladies that you know in your life make sure they're aware that there is um, a voice out there that wants to see them set free in all areas of their lives that's what we're doing over here at the girl files i appreciate you guys and i will check in with you next week